Hi guys and welcome along to the pod. I'm your host Zain Nabi. Today we have a crackerjack of a talker. The African Super League, yes it's back on the agenda. That's because CAF's 54 member associations recently voted to give the organization's executive committee permission to move forward with plans to introduce a Pan-African Super League tournament. This is not a new subject. It was something that was first mooted by FIFA President Gianni Infantino when he outlined his vision for an African Super League in November 2019. CAF's new president, South Africa's billionaire Patrice Motsepe, is certainly keen to make this a reality. To dissect, to discuss today is former PSL winner Courtney Fries, a man who's played in the CAF Champions League, and our associate producer, Alistair Haworth. Good morning, gentlemen. I hope you are both well. Courtney, we certainly want to get your thoughts on this, but I'm going to start with Alistair today. Alistair, let's rewind to last week's meeting. What happened at the CAF Extraordinary General Assembly in Cairo? Break it down for us. Yeah, so they, as you said, they had a, an extraordinary general assembly um, in Cairo um, with, with members from FIFA present, both Gianni Infantino, the president, and Arsene Wenger, who's kind of the head of uh, football development for FIFA, as well as the one who's really been pushing this concept of a biennial uh, World Cup. And so they announced two things there with the, the executive committee. And the first was that CAF would be the first continental federation to back FIFA's proposal for a uh, biannual World Cup. Uh, but then the second one was this announcement that they will be going forward with the African Super League, um, which, as you said, was announced first uh, by Gianni Infantino last year. Uh, but now they're actually kind of going to go through with it. So the question that'll be on everyone's lips is, which teams will participate? It's been muted that there'll be 20 teams. It will be a close competition. I know there's not a lot of detail that we know right now, but Alistair, what can we glean? How will this tournament work? Yeah, so like, like you said, they, they haven't announced anything in terms of actual details. They've just announced that they're going through with the tournament. Um, but they, they've kind of let, let pieces uh, here and there kind of drop. And so what, what we do know, or what we think we know, is that there's going to be 20, 20 permanent teams um, that will kind of be a part of the tournament year on year. And then there'll be four others that will qualify regionally. Um, so again, we don't quite know what those 20 teams will be, but we have a pretty good, good idea of some of the ones that will definitely be in there. You know, the heavyweights, Alakhli, Zamelek, Raja, uh, Widad, you know, you have Sundowns from, from South Africa, surely, you know, Tiki Mazembe. Uh, interestingly, the only uh, club that actually has announced that they will, they will be a part of this tournament is Simba from Tanzania. Their, their uh, CEO, Barbara Gonzalez, is the only one who's actually come out and said that they'll be a part of it. Um, they, they've mentioned that to, to join the league, that to be one of those 20 teams, you'll have to invest 20 million uh, US dollars into the com uh, competition. Um, so we're not sure you know, what clubs will have the money to do that because there's some huge clubs that potentially might not have the money. But in terms of structure, I think it's intended to run alongside domestic leagues, um, at least as far as we know, not kind of taking them out. So, you know, Ahlafi and Zamalek wouldn't be leaving the Egyptian Premier League, but they'd be playing this as a replacement for the CAF Champions League. Um, but again, we don't know whether they will replace the CAF Champions League and Confederations Cup entirely, or if those two competitions will still exist, or if only one of them will exist. I guess another question on a lot of people's lips will be, how will this benefit African football? What was said about that? 
So I think I think we're looking at twofold uh, kind of improvements here. Um, African football has really struggled in the last couple of years uh, financially and commercially on the continental stage, you know, massively in part to the collapse of the Lagade deal, um, which happened a few years ago and the kind of media blackout that's happened since then. So there's been very little money being generated by CAF competitions. And so the idea is that it will put together a stellar competition of the best teams in Africa and will generate money and start creating income not only for the super league clubs but clubs within their their leagues and clubs and competitions across africa that's kind of uh Mosimane's kind of commitment is that this will benefit not just the clubs involved um and then the second thing is to improve the quality of the football uh saying that actually if we bring together consistently the best clubs in africa bring together proper investment um, and we kind of put this all together actually would we'll be making African football start to compete again with with some of the other continents because at the moment uh, club football in Africa is definitely lagging behind not only Europe but some of the other major kind of continental um, federations so it's kind of those twofold of improving football both on the field but also making African club football really financially and commercially viable. Thank you for explaining all of that Alistair really useful to know. Courtney we're going to come to you you're a man who won the Premier Soccer League in South Africa. You've also played in the CAF Champions League. Is this a tournament players will be excited to participate in? Well, Zane, let's not look at the, plat the, the, the platform that they're speaking about firstly. Is the Champions League an exciting tournament? Absolutely. P players enjoy it. Players love playing in it. It involves a lot of travel. But what it also brings in is it brings more of the squad into uh, existence. So you have a team that, i.e. Sundowns, competing in the Champions League, but then also competing on the home front as well. So you need a big squad, youngsters coming to play, opportunities become available. Yes, it's a fantastic tournament to be part of. Also, funding that comes into the club. But the level that is being spoken about at the moment is not really hitting the high notes with owners, as we would have thought. You know, I spoke to... Um, the ever brilliant Mr. John Cometas a few weeks ago. He's the owner of uh, Cape Town City, correct? He's the owner of Cape Town City. And he was dead against the idea. He said he can only see bigger clubs benefiting from this. And then smaller clubs very slowly being phased out within their own leagues because players moving to these bigger clubs for more money as well as for more prestige. So he just said it takes the local competition away but great, gives a, a greater focus on this huge competition. Um, now then, I think Alistair mentioned this a bit earlier, and I'm just bringing something politically into it. Uh, Fantino has said that he's going to be throwing, is it one billion, am I correct? American dollars? That's in correct. He wants to invest one billion dollars in African football. Okay, why not invest it now and help poverty now? Because is there any poorer country or continent around you know so it's just men with power wanting more power you've already mentioned what um john cometer said to you i know we speak to owners those yeah. who are going to be involved want this because they potentially see it as a platform others yeah. who might be on the periphery don't um as a player courtney do you think this concept of 24 teams playing in a super league format will improve the quality of football. I'm just talking about standards on the pitch here for a minute. Absolutely, Zane. You must remember, this will be the best playing against the best regularly, gaining more attraction from European teams 
obviously that is going to improve things. Um, but sometimes, and I, and there I go back to one of my psychologists that I um, had at university who coined the phrase, sometimes the best is not always the best. You know, yeah, is a concept that's going to improve players. Also give players more money in their pockets and then also put them on the world stage of it more. Yes, 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 to all the points you just raised. But the players and the leagues below that are not going to benefit. This was the owner's perspective. I fortunately share the same perspective. Got that. Something that was so prominent when Europe was talking about their own Super League was the fans. We've spoken about the players. We've spoken about insight from the owners. But one of our regular analysts and the editor of Kingfoot.com, Ahmed Youssef, had this to say about the African Super League and how this could potentially play out for fans. So as I've said before, I'm not kind of you know, the biggest fan of, of this African Super League project. I think uh, it's solely driven uh, by uh, on financial reward for, for bigger clubs and um, a way of generating more income, forgetting completely about what the fans want, which is to kind of see their clubs playing in, in local derbies against their local teams. And we saw here in the European Super League the outrage with those clubs who joined them, their fans went onto the streets. You saw how um, you know, they went to Old Trafford and tried to break into the stadium. Um, and I worry here with the African Super League, fans will be overlooked um, simply because of the enticement of, of greater financial rewards for those bigger clubs. And um, we will forget about the, the smaller clubs. My other concern is that there are some uh, ulterior motives here. Um, Infantino and, and Wenger have come come over to, to the CAF General Assembly in Egypt. Um, they've laid out their plans. And my question really is whether how much input there's been from African football federations. Um, and I feel that um, Infantino has kind of made this $1 billion promise for, for Project Africa just to really um, get CAF to vote for his plan of having a World Cup every two years. That was Ahmed Youssef, the editor of Kingfoot.com. Courtney, you have some thoughts on this. Well, Zane, this is a very funny thing. Uh, you being in America at this point in time, which made me think of this example. Um, I was watching Michigan State college football um, yesterday. And they beat first, Ohio. <laughs> they beat, yes, they beat Ohio. Well, they beat Ohio. But did you know how many uh, supporters were in the stadium? Probably close to 100,000. Over 110,000. Uh, over 100,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is college football. Now, there's a good example. That level of, of, of audience and competition is still there because the people believe in it and the, the major franchises haven't moved away. This is my example I'm making. The, the Pan-African CAF tournament that they're looking, of, uh, looking at won't allow smaller teams to still have that buy-in from the supporters that love the smaller clubs, that are, that are associated with the smaller clubs, that have the affection and the affinity with the smaller clubs. They slowly start to dissolve. Then the league is only about Kaiser Chiefs, Pirates, Sundowns, and maybe Cape Town City now and again. So just a relevant example to exactly where you are geogra uh, geographically. Thank you, Courtney. When the European Super League fell down, it fell down because fans were unhappy. Fans protested. There was a unified approach all across Europe to it. 
Alistair, do you think we could see that kind of reaction on the continent? I think probably not not to the same extent. I think because the, the Super League is taking on a different form, you know, in Europe, it, it was taking a form outside of FIFA, outside of UEFA. Um, and so they kind of there was another dimension to it, whereas this is kind of established by CAF and by FIFA. So I don't think there'll be the same, quite the same aggression. But I do think there'll be there'll be some kind of yeah backlash because because I think yeah like like Courtney is saying for clubs that aren't going to be a part of this they they stand to lose so much um you know i i think about in, in east africa i think about the tanzanian premier league you know i think the, the fastest growing league in africa you know there they've done brilliantly over the last few years but now suddenly if, if simba you know who have been the giants but have no longer have to even compete to qualify for for african football for continental football it, it completely kind of devalues the the competition in, in the tanzanian premier league because for them you know they could come fifth sixth seventh eighth and they'll still be there whereas you have the likes of yanga and azam who, who are the ones competing and they're you know they're still trying to get champions league football but suddenly you're completely devaluing the product of of domestic leagues um and you know those are the leagues that have teams in them you, you look at other leagues like say you know i'm from kenya and you look at the, the kenyan premier league um, so suddenly there's no hope of any Kenyan league, Premier League team ever being a part of the Super League. You know, how much does that does that increase the value of Kenyan football? Um, and I think I think fans are going to struggle with that. You know, as a as a you know, if you're a Gore Mahia fan, you know, you're not going to want to, you know, you know, cheer for Simba in the Super League. You know, no, you want Gore Mahia to be there. You know, you, you don't. You, you, and so I think you'll really struggle to find buy in from fans who aren't already fans of those clubs and you'll struggle to find buy-in from from the wider African kind of fan base. Um, and so yeah, I, I, I struggle to see how it will kind of take off in terms of fan engagement. For a competition to be successful, you need rivalries. So if Al-Akhliya in there, you need Zamalek. <laughs> if you've got Raja, you need Widad. Otherwise you don't have the rivalry. And if you talk about the South African context, if you put Chiefs in there, you need Pirates. So these are the rivalries that competitions are built on. I guess my question to both you gentlemen, and this is something that came up with fans when the European Super League was announced, is what happens when your giant in your country or your region is propping up the middle table or not qualifying for um, the key playoffs, if they are playoffs or knockout rounds, or they're not near the top of the table? Does that not devalue your brand? Does that not devalue your club? Does that not impact on fans supporting you? The fact that you might be Kaiser Chiefs who are always competitive in South Africa, or Orlando Pirates who always have a big following, but suddenly you're not sitting near the top of the table, you're sitting closer to 18th, 19th or 20th in the Super League. I think that could be a realistic um, position. As you know, South African teams, besides sundowns, don't really do well in Africa. So um, th that could be a realistic picture. Now, as you know, as South Africans, we are uh, struggling with the way our national team is going. That'll just make supporters feel even more low about uh, their team if they are struggling in this Pan-African League. Um, I, I, I cannot see the benefit. I don't understand why a supporter would want it. Um, I can understand why an owner and an agent would want it. Oh, the, I can see an agent rubbing his hands. Oh, I, I, I have got deals from so-and-so, PSG, everything just rolling in. So excited, blah, blah, blah. Because you're not worried about the small man in the street. Now, what if you were traveling week in, week out, Baraka supporter? 
Now, all of a sudden, your finances don't allow you to travel to Cote d'Ivoire, Cameroon, uh, Egypt. So now you start thinking, well, I'm going to start supporting the team in my neighborhood. So there you go. It starts to break down the affinity. Um, as I said, it's a power-driven thing by men with power who always want more power. Yeah, I mean, I think coming off of that, like in Pantino and Mozzepi were saying that people who are at, against the Super League, you know, they're they're afraid of losing power. Um, but like you're saying, it's the ones who are going to be entrenched in power, who are going to keep all the money, who are going to keep this. I, I mean, I think that's for me the biggest thing I struggle with the Super League is how do you see the money translating and the performance across the, the continent, you know, how, how on earth is, you know, Eritrea or, you know, football in, in places like that, or even, you know, not quite so insignificant, but if we look at, at Botswana as a country, you know, they have the Dwayne Galaxy who are in the, the Champions League for the first, you know, time this season. And that's an incredible achievement for them. And, you know, that's going to bring the spotlight onto them, you know, but how are they going to benefit from the Super League if, 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 it, if it kind of starts? Because they, they wouldn't have a hope in the world of, of getting in. Um, but, but they've, through the kind of qualification to the Champions League, you know, they've been able to get onto this. And now they have a platform for their players, for their coach, for everyone to really thrive and kind of bring the spotlight onto them and, you know, get those moves to bigger clubs. Gentlemen, thank you for the robust discussion. This isn't one that's going to go away. And if you're listening out there and you have a thought and you have an opinion on this, please hit us up on our social media accounts, OTW underscore podcast. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram, or go and like our Facebook page on the Whistle Podcast. We want to hear from you. Are you excited to see the heavyweights of African football collide on a regular basis? Or are you worried that this competition will kill local football? Let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. But before we leave and say goodbye, we also have the winners of our Curry Court giveaway to announce. Yes, that was Ryan Moon, the South African International's favorite restaurant to eat in Courtney Freezer's hometown, Peter Maritzburg. He rates the mutton curry very highly. And thank you to Curry Court for coming on and giving us some meal vouchers. The winners, drumroll please, are Lungani Zama and Vilma Swales von Rensburg. Guys, we will be getting in touch with you to give you the details on how you can claim your food Courtney, what would you order on the menu? You've eaten them. That's hard. <laughs> Mutton curry with rotis, with the, um, the carrot salad, with chilies, and then I've got to go with a spa letter, the red spa letter drink. Sure, sure, Courtney. That is amazing. Well, as tight as that. Sure. Well, listen, we will be in touch with you, Lungani. We will be in touch with you, Vilma. We'll make sure you get those vouchers. Well, guys, that's a wrap for today. Thank you for the discussion. All the best, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>